You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. On The One Relationship, this week we have the most beautiful couple that Tanner and I have been able to get to know now just recently, um, and we're so, so thankful uh, that they reached out to us. Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman, called The Freemans, uh, they are now authors of The New Power Couple and The Argument Hangover. I love that book title, by the way. So great. They have found and launched Empowered Couples University. It's an online university where busy couples can come and sort of unlearn those unhealthy patterns and then gain uh, some new relationship skills, which I think is so, so important nowadays. So uh, Jocelyn, Aaron, Freeman, thank you so much for being a part of the One Relationship this week. Thanks for having us on. Always great to have a conversation with another couple up to epic things. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So Tanner and I, you know, we started the One Relationship because we knew that going into a relationship, it really starts with yourself, right? And having that self-awareness and being strong within who you are as a person to then be able to really have a strong relationship with that partner and, and supporting now marriages around the world. So what we would love to know though, when it all started, you know, how did you two both know that you were perfect for each other and, and wanted to take that step into marriage? Funny story, actually. It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, for me, you know, I grew up for over 30 years, right? I grew up in church. And so I had planted in me a belief that having sex before marriage was bad and a sin and I would go to hell. So as a kid, that was founded in me. And then so as I grew older, I had that sort of feeling, but at the same time, as everyone else around me is starting to talk about you know, being intimate with their partners, I'm starting to feel very shameful of myself. Like, am I less of a man? Am I just not seen as desirable? And so I really carried that through high school and into college and almost didn't really tell anybody, my closest friends, I was so embarrassed to say that. So when I get to the point where after I try to break up with Jocelyn initially. I want to tell that story actually really quick. So sometimes he likes to jump over that, but people are like, wait, what you tried to break up. So before I met Aaron, I love what you had said, Kate, about that self-work. I had done a lot of self-development and I had identified a lot of false beliefs I had about men and relationships. And I realized mm. how much I had my identity wrapped up into their love and affirmation. Mm. And I attracted people that were very much a repetitive cycle of me trying to solve something from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And so I had done all that self work and I finally was ready for a relationship that I knew I deserved and that was healthy. So I meet him and I just felt in my gut, like, okay, I feel like we're meant to be together for a long time, but I knew he wasn't ready because he hadn't done any self development. <laughs> and four months in, he literally tries to break up with me. He says, it's getting too serious. It, he just was looking for something really casual. And I called BS on him. And I said, no, you're just afraid. 
And I was so sick to my stomach when I said it, but I just knew I had to take a stand for him because I knew it was fear. I knew it wasn't that he didn't feel like we were in alignment. And then what did you say? Well, just for all the men out there, by the way, you didn't say, you didn't say I re how I remember it. <laughs> I said I wanted to break up. I hung up the phone and then she was calling me back in like 15 seconds. So I picked it up and she said, you know what? That doesn't work for me. Now that's different than for those out there like, oh, I'm just going to tell my partner that that's fear. Yeah. That's not going to work. I would have got defensive. I would have been like, whatever, it's over already. You're just saying whatever you need to. But how she said it, that doesn't work for me. Without having to think, I knew that I did not have to be afraid that someone was going to break up with me or cheat on me. It was going to accept me for all that I had and all that I was bringing into the relationship. So in that moment, it was like, I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to say that's what I needed. But when she said that, that's what I needed to hear. And mm -hmm. so just kind of fast forward, it's like when we're looking at getting married now, I'm like, you know, we got the love going, we got like this, this vision ahead of us, but like, what does what it take? Do, what do I do about the 30 years? I didn't have, I didn't have sex. It's like, I'm still embarrassed about this yeah. for myself. And we realized there's like preparing for marriage. And then couples go to counseling when things are wrong. I said, there has to be something else where I learn relationship skills to just be better. Mm. And, and it we, didn't really, exist out there. we really didn't find it. Mm -hmm. And so going through all this work of ourselves and then learning all we could from many different places, like we, we got these relationship skills. We said, this is what I was looking for. We want to just give this away to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we come from that same mindset too, where we've gone through so much that we we can't keep it inside we've learned so much and we see the people we interact with and the the couples we meet and you know our, or even just our family for that matter and we're like okay you know we've got some things here to offer and and uh and i love that we can we can share that together and fun little fact i actually uh attempted to break up with kate <laughs> yeah. about three months in to our relationship like as I you guys like, were no. talking about that i'm like it's so similar yeah. yeah and and mine was mine was a little different i was on my personal uh, growth journey. I went to this 10 day men's retreat mm. and I came out of that retreat and I just kind of felt like, oh, I just need to change everything about my life. And so I'm like, well, I need to change the woman that I'm with. You know, there was really no rationale, but it was, I, I think in a way kind of similar to you, Aaron, like they're false beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. There was, it, there was like a belief and there was an action, but there was something underneath of it and we were dating long distance and I was supposed to go see her in like three weeks. And she's like, well, that doesn't work. You know, that's a, that's a whole other <laughs> story in and of thing. itself, like, yeah. like, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm not so that similar to you guys that yeah. I'm like getting goosebumps hearing <laughs> you. I'm awesome. like, oh yeah. We almost broke up. We searched for answers and, uh, and kind of came to some of the same we, conclusions. We walked, we, he, he did make that trip. I was in New York city at the time and we walked all over New York city for a day to just talk through everything. And it was one of still one of like just the best days, you know, there was uncertainty, but yet such clarity and saying, okay, we're going to talk through this. And, and I do want to kind of bring up um, communication and whatnot, but, but first, just because we're talking about love and finding the right person, you talk, you know, we, we were part of, you know, your recent workshop and we, we walked through those steps and whatnot, but you had talked about those four elements mm -hmm. of true love. And if maybe you can just give, I know there's a lot that can go in, you know, into that, but maybe just a little synopsis to just help people understand 
you know, really what, what, in, what does true love entail yes. and help them maybe see those points within their own relationship or maybe what they need to work on. Yeah. I'll just, yeah, I'll start with the points, right? And just to give, to give credit, this actually came from Fitch Nathan's book about oh. true love. Okay. Uh, he, he was nominated by Martin Luther King Jr. for the Nobel Peace Prize, right? So decent source to, to the forefront. <laughs> right. But so the four elements really are kindness, compassion, joy, and freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's a lot mm-hmm. we could say about that. I wanted to share, because like you said, Kate, at the beginning, we teach couples first what they have to unlearn before they can learn relationship skills. So a lot Mm. of what we're passionate about is like, you know, false beliefs and the narratives that we're told by society. So I had like many women, just fantasy beliefs about love, right? Love is them pining for you and chasing you and, and, um, doing what you want. And, and I had a lot of around that idea of being chased and chosen and, yeah, really the chase was the big thing. So I had to really realize how much movies and even what women in my family told me, which is really like love was more control than anything. Mm. Like it was like, because you do what I want, I know you love me. And so I had to unlearn that like love is freedom. Like you said, one of the principles is like, love is actually like, you are free to be you you are free to explore your shadows and your strengths and you're free to explore your, uh, just your past and all those things. And I accept you for all that you are. And I also don't need him to do what I want for me to feel happy and loved. Mm. Yeah. So powerful. And really so many people, I think, get that control confused, realizing, oh, if I do this, then he'll love me. If I do this, then she'll want to be with me. So uh, really, really important to not mix that up, continuing to undo some of those past beliefs. Um, So when we decided that we were going to do a podcast, we wanted to really understand our audience and what was their biggest struggle. And the number one overwhelming response was out of almost a thousand surveyed communication. They struggle with communication, um, which when we got those results, I was thinking like, really communication? Because, you know, we had a long distance relationship at first. We had to know how to communicate with each other um, before we were going to really move forward. Uh, So it was kind of surprising. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, you know, that kind of makes sense. If people don't feel comfortable, don't know how to say things, yeah, that's going to create a lot of problems. So just share in your experience and the couples you work with, like, what are some of those tips to just help people feel like they can get to a good place mm. to communicate with their partner? Mm. Mm. Well, I love that you bring that up. I think the first thing for me is communication does not mean that you just talk, right? Mm. I mean, it's, it's much more than that. So someone could say, I'm a great communicator. I talk just a lot. Because they, they, they talk to their <laughs> partner a lot. Right. But it really more is a measure of how understood each of you are feeling mm-hmm. so that your communications are not just about talking, but largely about listening. How good of a listener are you such that your partner feels understood about what they're experiencing? Mm -hmm. And I think all too often we try to judge the experience of another or this is, this is where I found for myself. It's not even that I'm judging Jocelyn's experience is that when she's sharing something that's vulnerable, that she's disappointed about or sad about what's under the surface for me as a male is a resistance or avoidance to feeling that I caused that. Like I actually, was at the source of her feeling sadness or disappointment or lack of trust. And so that's really what I'm trying to avoid by saying, that's not how that went. 
you shouldn't feel, why are you feeling that way? That's, that's not logical, right? That's really my, <laughs> that's really me trying to avoid the feeling or, or ownership that I did something to have her feel that way. And so it's just a, it's an inability for me to be with that emotion. Mm -hmm. And so what I really need to do is just communication is to listen to her perspective. Like that's true for her. My experience is true for me. And if we first seek to both understand each other's perspectives, that hers is right and mine is right, that's at least a base foundation to then come to some solution. Well, and you yeah. say all that, and we could have spent an hour on each like little segment of what you said, because <laughs> sure. there's a lot of depth there. I want to share one thing is that what keeps us from really listening is our ego. And that part inside of all of us that wants to be right, that wants to uh, invalidate the other person's perspective, the ego is a part of what creates separation and actually keeps us from love. And as you heard in our workshop this weekend, to experience love happens through the way you listen, listening to your partner to feel understood. And so what we have to identify, because a lot of people want all the skills and tools of like, teach me the ABCs of communicating and we're like, yes, we will teach all that. But you have to also identify that what keeps you from communicating effectively is your ego. And so you have to become aware of when your ego is the one listening and not truly yourself, which would be a whole other conversation about right, right. yourself. <laughs> What you guys bring up kind of repeatedly is there are skills, there are tactics, there are things you can do. It's actually about undoing, right? Like a lot of the work is about undoing and sort of starting from a from a fresh foundation, uh, which I oh, I really appreciate. And, and I think, you know, we see with uh, some of our clients that they just want to get to like, well, what's the solution? How do we work through this? And it's like, well, hold on. Like first we first we have to peel back a few layers here. Communication, obviously, you know, it's a big topic. It's it's what we saw in, in our survey responses overwhelmingly. I'm curious, though, from you two, uh, you work with a lot of couples. You've reached almost a million couples in, in your work. Um, are there other common themes that you see that you can kind of look across and go, oh, yeah, that usually comes up or this comes up? Any Anything like that that comes to mind? So many. Do you guys have like three more hours? So? <laughs> Give us like one or two. How about right, that? Exactly. <laughs> one that comes to mind, and I'm sure you'll have one as well. And it's actually been coming up really recently. Uh, I'm sure you find this, like there's themes that come up with couples, yeah, like, you right. know, each week you're like, oh, this is interesting. This keeps coming up. One that's been really recent is that the male, and we don't like generalities of like men are like this, women are like this. However, there right. are themes and there are things that a lot, again, a lot of us were programmed. Hey, men are like this. Women are like this. The men wanting to just kind of get past something. We've talked about this already. Like, let's move on. Let's move on. And the female being like, but I don't feel like my emotions been acknowledged yet. Mm -hmm. And so they are repeating themselves. And so they almost feel like oil and water. And then they get so frustrated and they feel like it's personal to them. Like there's something wrong with you or me or us, rather than realizing that a lot of that is conditioning as well as just a pattern that's existed. And so a lot of times it's for men realizing that that yes they want to get it to fix it mode but before they can get to fix it mode they have to acknowledge the emotional world so and that's challenging <laughs> like, it's like yes. I like yeah like, exactly because it's, 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 it's it, yeah it's definitely something that we've experienced as well just personally yeah and i and i would agree that we see um i'll just take a, a coaching call from last night that we would see that it's like yeah you know the 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 male and again we don't like to stereotype either but mm -hmm. the reality is um 
we each have our own DNA, right? There's there's hundreds of thousands of years in this DNA, and and we do act in certain ways. And so we're seeing very similar patterns where where you know the female usually is not feeling understood. How do you help people then sort of discover and see those patterns and sort of step out of you know, the storm that, that I like to say, like step out of it and kind of look at their relationship objectively so then they can start to do some of that repair work. Mm, great question. Well, I mean, the, I think for me, the first place to look is to say, notice it as a pattern and mm. not point the finger at the partner. Like you're doing this to me. When you do that, I feel this. It's really just to look, first of all, for yourself and say, what's the pattern of, let's say, thought, or just look within. My favorite quote, which is actually in the new book from Wayne Dyer is, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice, why? Because that's what's inside. So when someone puts pressure on you, it's not because they're doing it, it's because that's what was already in there. So if someone, if your partner says something or does something and you feel defensive, there's defensiveness already in there, just like the orange juice. So it's just something that you have to start to go look at. And then I like to ask, well, where have you seen that pattern before? Zoom out, and when you respond like that, does that look like what your dad used to do? Does that look like what your mom used to do? Or your grandparents? Or just start to like pull it out from this is me to this is a pattern. And I, oh, I saw that over there, and I saw that over there. So at least you could say, so could you come to the conclusion where it's not just you, it's just a pattern that you've adopted. Yeah. So when you separate it from that's me to, oh, that's just a pattern of behavior, you at least create enough separation to start to do something about it. And what I love about your question, just riffing off of what you said too, is we like to mirror back to people a lot of what happens. So our coaching style is we we don't kind of sit down, sit back and, and do kind of more of a passive, listen to them for 10 minutes, go on and on and on. We interrupt quite a bit, like, <laughs> but we get their permission before and we do kind of like, hey, let's wait right there. Do you notice exactly what you said? Let's go into that. And when we catch them in their normal pattern, we were actually on a session right before this and catch them in a pattern, we interrupt it, have them number one, observe what just happened themselves. And a lot of times we'll even like model it back to them. Hey, we're going to show you what just kind of happened, what you guys mm, did. Yeah. And we show it back to them and they're like, oh, okay. And then we show them a different way it could look. And then we have them practice. So we both do like intervention or interruption and then modeling, mirroring it back to them as well. Yeah, and I, I want to take it just just to go a little further on that because you know you guys do couples coaching, right? I think you're you're like the the couples coaches for for couples. You know this idea of two on two coaching. There are uh, there are other relationship resources out there which I think are great that will tell you, hey, it only takes one person to to change the relationship. And again, I don't necessarily think they're wrong. We prefer the the two on two as well. But I'd just like to you know talk just a little bit more about like what that looks like for you and and what your experience has been in how you can move a relationship forward when you have both partners invested in in doing the work. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I know, I think I know what Jocelyn's going to say because we have these conversations so, so much. But <laughs> the first thing it makes me think of is that you need some facilitation. So meaning you need a new space that feels different, that's going to interrupt the triggers, the natural way, the predictable way that this conversation is going to go. Mm -hmm. So even if you did, and I agree with you, I think the individual work is great. I think the individual work inside of two on two couples coaching is super powerful. Yeah. Yes. And you, right. can do, you can go do the work yourself, but then 
you can still get triggered. And then your partner, maybe not having doing that work is going to get triggered. So when you have a space where you can both get triggered, but someone facilitates and says, Oh, okay. Do you notice? Okay. Talk more about that. Why do you think that is? It's just a better way to pattern interrupt where if you were trying to do this on your own, mm -hmm. it's just too easy to fall back into the same patterns. And like you, I love that you guys both see the power of working with a couple because yeah. we see, and we actually help couples go through a journey to be what we call as an empowered conscious partnership. And in that is where both people see the relationship as the space for mm -hmm. self-development. So it's a mm -hmm. place of actually getting to your highest potential and I think that yes, one person could, however, there I think would be a cap in a way on really what they're able to discover themselves as well as be able to become the best version of themselves. If they're in a way kind of always having to, cause actually before Aaron, I share this only once in a while, but I was with a partner that kind of had the similar like checklist items, like, okay, the, you know, attractive, good career, fun, all the things, but self-development, not interested was attached to his perspective and i'm i'm as good as i can be and there was just this like oil and water feeling like we just kind of always energetically like bumped into each other and just didn't really resonate and i didn't feel like i could be my best self and so i'm not saying that's the case for everyone where there's just one person and in fact because i do i answer a lot of voice memo dms on instagram and a lot of times it's the woman being like I'm nervous to invite my partner to this or that. And, yeah. and I think that a lot of times it's their delivery that doesn't work. I don't think truly other, other partner doesn't want to grow. I think mm. it's really rare, like where it's the, um, mm. that's the case where they just maybe never will be open to self-development. I think a lot of times it's the delivery, the way they invite their partner into it that makes it seem like there's something wrong with you. Mm. So we need yeah. to work on you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And puts that defensiveness back into play right. yep. where, where yeah. instead, yeah, if we could just be a cheerleader for each other. Yes. Right. I mean, that's what I used to always say before I I met Tanner, I'm like, I want someone who's going to be my biggest cheerleader. I want to be his biggest cheerleader, right? Yeah. And we, one of the sayings that we've sort of taken from the health world that I really like, which is you don't have to be sick to get healthier. Yes. Right. And, and I do think, so I appreciate, you know, and, and we heard a little bit about that, you know, in the workshop and, and I, I did, you know, scan some of your socials. And, and so I know that, you know, you guys are, are very intimate and, and with your clients and like, Hey, get your partner into this. This is, this is going to be better together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I do think, you know, you're spot on with what you're saying, which is the delivery is like, well, we're broken. So we need to go do this or you have a problem. So let's go do this thing. And, and I think that's why I'll just speak from my own experience. Uh, you know, I was, I was married uh, in my 20s. That ended uh, within three short years. And I learned a lot of lessons for that. And I didn't want to go to therapy, though. Uh, you know, and, and I always viewed therapy from a family perspective, my, my upbringing, mm -hmm. like, well, that means I'm broken. There's something wrong. That's embarrassing. Right. And, and I'm, you know, as painful as it was so grateful for that opportunity that, that sort of opened me up to the fact of like, Hey, I guess I don't have it all figured out, you know? <laughs> so maybe I should go look into some of these resources and, and that, you know, led me into therapy and led me into personal development, but we're like so aligned with you guys. I, I don't think there's a big enough bull horn for us to be able to scream <laughs> from the mountaintops like you know you don't have to be broken you don't have to be on the verge of divorce to strengthen 
your relationship. And I just, I think that's a really important message to, to get out there. And I will say that it does seem, again, not being stereotypical, but just based on data, generally the female in the relationship wants to do the work and the guy mm -hmm. is kind of like, ah, you know, do we really have to? Is it, is it that bad? Well, um, I want to, I want to, if I can jump in. Please. Yeah. Because what is interesting about that, because we heard that even when we started our business in the beginning, some like marketing coaches were like, speak to the woman. It's going to be the woman that makes the decision. And I wanted to challenge that belief because yeah. I actually think that's one of the stories that's created out there, which actually keeps men like in a way kind of out of that conversation a little bit. And we actually have of everything that we do, books, courses, workshops, coaching, over 50% of men are the one or, uh, of the people that sign up are men initiating it. Wow. That's over amazing. 50%. Yeah. And well, yeah. I think to your point, it's about how the delivery and how yeah. the message is presented, right? Mm -hmm. Because take business, for instance, and since we're using men and women, what percent of men get business coaches? Most of them. Yeah. So that's, that's the shift we realized coaching. Okay. Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods in golf, they both are the best in the world but they got coaches too. Yeah. So they were interested in getting better. I think the primary thing is they know they want to win the next, you know, PGA tour or next us open. Mm -hmm. And in the relationship, that's just the piece that's often missing. It's like, well, what is the outcome or what is the goal? Like by knowing it, then it's like, Oh, getting a coach to reach that outcome is now an obvious thing, especially for men. So right. we have found just have to make that shift in how the message is presented and received. Well, and funny yeah. enough, last little thing I'll say about that is if you look at a lot of in the relationship space, a lot of it is very fluffy and it's very mm -hmm. like, go on more date nights, yes. and, you know, <laughs> romance is, you know, you gotta be romantic. And I think men are just like, like that is not what I'm looking for. And it feels fake to them. And then when they do see like any, a lot of, you know, workshops, it almost does look like you're in terror. Like you're on the verge of divorce and your, your partners. And it just, it's either like so fluffy or so negative And like, you're on the brink of divorce. <laughs> or so manipulative. Yeah. When the, yeah I, I, I mean, like, right? you guys are like a brand the fresh air i gotta tell you it's just when when we were looking at this space we found yeah. a lot of stuff that was like manipulation tactics for yeah. single send these three text messages you'll yes. be yeah you know, and i'm like she'll what? be yours i'm like people are buying this stuff you yeah. know like we're research market research and i'm like what or yeah this totally other side of like do oh you're on the brink of divorce and we're like wait a minute again where's the middle ground of, right. of let's get better, but we don't have to be in shambles right. or it's not some magical text message you're going to send to get your part. I'm like, some of the stuff that's out there that is being sold, I'm, yes. I'm blown away with, but <laughs> clearly people are buying it. <laughs> so, and yeah. we want, we want to be that different voice because yeah. the reality is you can have the romance, you can have mm -hmm. I ideal relationship that you have that the, that the individual has, Right. But it takes work and it's not going to always look like that that day, you know, so to recognize that there's going to be these ups and downs. And, and quite frankly, I had to learn that because my upbringing was very cookie cutter. I mean, mm. friends in our school would say, I have one sister uh, would say that our family was the Beaver Cleaver family. Mm. Right. So we just sort of had this image that, you know, everything was very uh, storybook in mm -hmm. a 30 minute sitcom kind of thing. And mm -hmm. 
And then that's not the case. That's not exactly how we were, but to recognize that, yeah, when we come into a marriage, like we got to do some work and we've got to, we've both got to be present and give our hundred percent. And with that being said, you know, recognizing that we have differences, we're different people. We come from different backgrounds. We now say that our differences should be more of our rocket fuel versus our kryptonite. You know, we want to, right. We want to be able to, you know, use the differences and see how they become an asset to the relationship and not just looking at it from a judgmental standpoint. So how do you help, like maybe within your own marriage, but also Mm -hmm. with the couples you coach, how do you help couples like embrace those differences within the marriage? I mean, we like analogies. So the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, if you were to look at with your partner face to face like this, (laughs) you literally cannot see the same exact angle as your partner. Like it's impossible to see things the same way, even in the physical universe you will never see things exactly the same way. You are two different people. You have a different upbringing. So you have a different filter in which you see and experience the world. So Mm -hmm. the first thing is it's not the goal to get your partner to see it your way. However, that's one of the traps we fall into, right? It's like we get in this relationship, everything that was different about them, you were excited about. You and then were, eventually you were you're annoyed by in. them. I'm, yeah, <laughs> right? it is like that. And then one day you wake up and you... Dawson would be on a <laughs> Dawson would be on a call in the other room. And at one point I'm like listening and I'm like, I wouldn't have said it that way. She should that's not the right principle. She shouldn't have said that. And it's like, I'm like, wait, what what am I doing? Like, why am I now trying to get her to be like me? And I think one more analogy is, do you think you're that awesome? Like if you were in a relationship with yourself, would that, would that be that awesome? But here you are trying to get them to be just like you. <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you've got to embrace the differences and see see how they actually can help each other. You know, well, you and- don't get to become the best version of yourself <clears throat> if you're getting the same exact perspective from someone else. Mm. You know, if he was just telling me everything I thought or everything I felt or validating, you know, only what I feel, I would be so capped at who I could become. I need someone who challenges it, gives me a different perspective, asks me different questions, has me think a different way so that I can become the best version of myself. Oh, yeah. Last, last thing I just thought of too. Another analogy we use is that the relationship is an entity of itself. Mm. And so rather than you seeing it like, here's my view and here's your view. And then our conversation is going to be about whose view is right or who can get the other to see it their way. You share your view, you share your view. And what we want to do is not come up with a third view of the, what's best for the relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that perspective. And I, and I think you guys mentioned this earlier and, and I heard you mention it either in the workshop or prior, but like the relationship is, the place where you can become your best self. And if people are able to sort of view it as that third entity and detach themselves of like, hey, I'm participating in this, but it's not me and I'm not it, right? So like we're in this together, but I'm also me by myself. And I, I think, you know, we do see a lot of people get tripped up on this. Like, well, if he's right, then I'm wrong, you know, or vice versa. And it's like, that's not really the case, right? It, it's kind of like we're making a soup here. Let's all bring our best ingredients. 
And and on that note, you know, I kind of have a I have a thing with words. I think words are are important and they matter. And one of the words that that actually came up in a live video yesterday, and we've talked a lot about, is compromise. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's this belief that like, well, in order to have a good relationship, in order to get along with my spouse, I have to compromise. Mm, I'm curious, glad you brought to, it up. curious to know your guys's take <laughs> on compromise and sort of that mindset. If I think what you're thinking, then we really are on the same page. <laughs> compromise and sacrifice. We have never said those words in our relationship. Never. Not, I, not once have I been like, Oh, we just need to make a compromise here. We need to sacrifice personally, because do you want to go on the rest of your life with just compromising your left arm? Like, do you right. want that to go away? No. Or like, would you want to drive across a bridge that had been compromised? Right. No. So that's a perspective of, I think when people, number one, aren't willing to sit in the uncomfortable long enough and come up with a win-win solution that works for both people, where both people get to thrive, where both people get to feel understood and taken into consideration. And so there, I think it's personally a lack of creativity when you have to compromise something. And so we believe in different language as well. We're, we, lo we're, we look up definitions all the time. We're word junkies <laughs> as well. And so we love more of an idea of like getting creative and win-win solutions and what's possible here. And I think just, yeah, staying in the uncomfortable long enough to discover something that works for both people and to, to really thrive. So sacrifice and compromise don't work for us. Personally. Yeah, perfect. We're, we're well aligned. And, and, and very simply for me, I just replace it with commitment. If you think that you have to compromise, to me, it seems like you're not actually committed to the relationship. And I think one of the things that I, I loved about the workshop and how, how you started it off was that you came up with a vision and you had a vision statement and what, what couples are working towards, uh, something that you know we work with our couples on as well because we feel like people get so stuck in the day-to-day -day and I, I sort of view it as like, you know, just triaging the, the drama Good of stuff, the day. Yeah. And without that, that vision and that future direction, it's really hard to make decisions. It does feel like you're compromising or somebody's mm -hmm. right or somebody's wrong. So I just, just love to hear a little bit, you know, from you guys about just this idea of like vision and, and how you, uh, how you help couples come to that sort of shared vision for their relationship. Yeah. Do you want to jump in? Or you want me to go? Go ahead. Well, the vision was something that when we were first together, we we actually started our entrepreneurial journey. We had a health and wellness business before we did this. And we had a vision for our business. And what we realized was all the entrepreneurs and everyone in business, they had a vision for the business. And we said, well, a relationship is a team of two. Why don't couples have a vision? And so that's when we took the parallel and we created this process, this whole five-step process for creating a vision and what we do in our workshops, et cetera. And what it does for couples is that number one, keeps them clear on where they're headed to make the challenges worth it to go, hey, we're not stuck here. We're actually working towards this. And like a company, they wouldn't you know, say, oh, we ran into this one challenge of trying to achieve what we're out. We're giving up here. They know the vision and they know there's going to be tough days as they pursue that. And also, because you both have talked about self-development quite a bit, we see this in the self-development space a lot. Both people are growing individually, but without a vision, they can almost grow apart. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you're yeah. doing your own thing, I'm doing my own thing, and they become new people and they just feel like they're cohabitating and yeah, they love each other, but it's just kind of, yeah, we're just doing our own thing here. So the vision keeps them united and connected, even if they are up to different things in life. So good. We were actually just talking with someone yesterday about that too, just their tip to just relationships in their biggest lesson is have something that you're doing together. You know, always make sure that there's something that you're doing together. And again, a vision or even at this point, you know, a hobby, you know, they, they're a couple that works together just like, you know, we do, but not all couples want to work together and that's okay, but find that thing that's going to keep you united and keep you together. I thought of one last analogy. We're coming up he with loves even the analogy. I love, I can just see on his face, he's like, bing, analogy bubble. I love analogies too. Lay it on us. And as many times we have conversations, the fact that we come to new conclusions and new analogies, I'm actually amazed. So, if, <laughs> so for the audience, if I told you to just start running and that was it, what's mm. going to happen? I mean, maybe at one mile, you're going to be like, all right, I'm about over this. Maybe even if you're in great shape, you get to like mile 15, you're like, I'm done. I am walking away. And if I didn't tell you that you were running a marathon, you would quit way early. Well, all of a sudden, if I said to the audience, hey, you're going to be running a marathon, then when you get to that difficult point of a 10 mile or 18 mile, you keep going because you know where you're headed. Yeah, it sets the context. It's not a Forrest Gump movie, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But yes, it sets the context of, and and we had a previous interview where another, I'll give you another analogy here, which was for most, you know, families or couples, if you set out to go on a vacation or a a road trip, you generally have a destination in mind. Mm -hmm. One couple be like, oh no, actually we just jump in the car and go, okay, fine. But for most people, (laughs) if you plan a vacation, like you know where you're headed And, Mm -hmm. and her you know, sort of her message is that most couples or families, she's she's big on families, spend more time planning their vacations, planning holidays, even planning, you know, their meals and special events than they do actually planning, you know, their marriage and the direction of their family. So I, 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 like I said, I just, I love that you guys um, started with vision because it's one of the big things that we talk about because otherwise, to your point, it's like, well, how, how far am I going to run this race, you know, <laughs> right. and, and how much pain am I going to endure for what? Yeah. But while we're on that topic, you guys are headed in a different direction, right? Yeah. I, I saw on, on Facebook. So let's talk just a little bit. Let's get into, you know, talking <laughs> about you guys here at the end. We'll, we'll kind of just wrap up with the personal journey that you guys are on. I know, I think, Jocelyn, you've lived in Arizona your entire life. Yeah. And, and so this is a big change. So let's talk about the, the big move that's coming up here. Yeah, literally next Thursday, we are packing up the car and we're driving to Charlotte, North Carolina. We're renting a place for a few months just to, you know, see what areas we like before settling down long-term. But we're just excited. Like we've, we got to this point where we knew we could stay in the same place and we love it. Like Scottsdale, Arizona is gorgeous. We have a super community established before quarantine. We were doing monthly in-person workshops. Like Arizona is a really nurturing, powerful space. I felt like I had so many memories here that I almost couldn't become the next big chapter, next version of myself. I needed to be in a totally unknown space Mm. to just not, you know, when you're in a familiar space, you just kind of like settle in and drop into the norm, you know? And so we literally got guidance because we're also very spiritual people. And so we really sat with getting the guidance. And the moment we got the guidance, we put the house up. 
uh, for sale. And an hour later, we had showings booked for the whole next day. We accepted an offer less than 24 hours later. Wow. And yeah, we, we made some fast moves. So we're headed to Charlotte next week. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Congrats. So yeah, you um, think Phoenix is much like Denver right now, uh, especially with, you know, the, the COVID sprawl and people moving out of New York City and areas where, you know, California. they no longer have to be for, for meetings. So uh, yeah, I, I heard a little bit of your story and I'm like, oh yeah, the market it is very similar there. Uh, my best friend lives in Scottsdale, very, very familiar with the area. So I totally get that. And, and I think that's like, that's amazing self-awareness, right? And, and I think that for many people, they do not lean into the uncomfortable like that, or even seek out the uncomfortable to feel like ah, I'm stagnant, I'm stale, you know, and it's like, sometimes you got to move. Sometimes it's your physical location. <laughs> sometimes it's just a different routine or, you know, getting into maybe a new workout class or something, right? Picking up meditation or yoga or something that just feels uncomfortable. But any challenges that have come up for you guys any funny stories anything that sort of tested your relationship that that you want to share with with the big move oh gosh just with the big move does something come to mind for you well for you i mean you're one to throw up like yeah I was very, very nervous, very uncomfortable. And, and there were moments where, because Aaron is just, he's much better at like, once he decides something, he just fully leans in and trusts. I think men have that ability, that masculine stability. And so he mm. was like, we're good. Like, this is good. And I'm like, ah, I'm terrified and I'm afraid. And, <laughs> and there were times where he was sometimes just so ready to be in the positive of it that he was kind of like, man, can't you just be more positive about this? And we had a, a couple moments where we were a little bit like oil and water, um, but we quickly talked about that. So I think, I think just us being at slightly different emotional in slightly different emotional yeah. spaces about it. Yeah. You know, we're out to share as authentically as we can. And I think one of the things I noticed too, similar to what you're saying, once I had made a decision then I was just more or less ready to go. But I do, I have noticed though, in a relationship and in ours, when Jocelyn tends to be leading a certain area, I can get more passive, right? Like, mm. like, like I'm not really fully participating. So she like kept on looking up new places and like, I already kind of knew the one. So in full transparency, like I really wasn't like helping you out. And she was asked, she found this beautiful place. It was like her dream home. And she said, well, should we just do this? And like, they're asking for like three months rent right now. I'm like, yeah, just do it. And so she's like, well, I have to send my ID to them. And I'm like, yeah, 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 just do it. See, so, so I'm not like actually, I'm not like actually engaging with what's happening. Cause I'm kind of like, ah, I'm, not, I'm over this. I, I'm already in my mind moved there. So what ended up happening was it was a scam. And oh, so wow. this person now had her ID you know, and now could use that for identity fraud. And so she ended up being upset about that. And initially had said to me, like, you know, in that emotion, like, <laughs> because you did that, now my identity's up. So it was like pointing a finger, but I had to own for myself, well, I had become passive in the decision making and passive in that. Mm -hmm. So that was just something for me to look at, like, okay, I needed to, I need to have my energy still be a part of it. I still need to be a part of the decision-making process with her. I still had a responsibility to hear her emotion through mm -hmm. rather than just kind of energetically, emotionally being like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Cause in my mind, I'm already out there. Right. 
I could so relate to that. Like, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much us. You know, like you make a decision and I'm like, okay, I've already researched it. It's fine. I have some preferences. You mm. have greater preferences. Like, yeah, let's just make the decision and go. Um, Kate is a little I, bit more meticulous about the details. So like, as you're talking about that, I'm like, eh, yeah, we could trade places then, with you on that one. And, and there are times too where I, I say, okay, fine, I'll take the lead, you know, and I'll just do the work. And then I make the decision and you're just like, yeah, why'd you do that? I'm like, because <laughs> you told like, you know, and it's just like, ah, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's just those moments where uh, you just have to recognize whoever is, leading in that moment or wherever that person is emotionally like the other one just sort of has to has to just help with where the other person is right you know and then the communication becomes a little bit easier you know for people who don't know how to kind of work through that like mm -hmm. just be with the other person in the situation back to listening listening is probably mm -hmm. the that number one thing to yes. good communication right yeah well i feel like yeah. we could probably go on Keep and going. on I hope we can do this when you guys are in North Carolina, maybe yeah. when the, after the book comes out and we can, we can do a round two in, in 2021, mm. that would be amazing. The argument um, hangover. Just want to yeah. give, give you, you know, you two the last, uh, last throw here, any final words, anything else that, that you want to leave the audience with just in terms of, you know, what's on your heart for the remainder of 2020 or, or anything else that that's on your mind? Well, if it's okay, just briefly sharing about the argument hangover. Please. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. And I'm sure you can already tell from the name, right? The argument hangover is that period of time after a disagreement where you feel disconnected, hurt by maybe what they said or how they acted, and then even guilty for how you acted. And yeah. a lot of the times people's hangover can be half a day, a day, a week of just that disconnected period of time. And so our goal with that book is that conflict can actually bring you closer together rather than tear you apart and can actually be something where you discover new and different things. And so we packed it with very practical, tangible exercises around communication and conflict. And for people pre-ordering, you actually can get $200 of pre-order bonuses, a course, an entire course that's like amazing. It was filmed in studio and you can go in, you can actually learn about your emotional triggers your own conflict patterns. And so just for pre-ordering, you get $200 of bonuses and that's at theargumenthangover.com. All right. And we'll make sure to have that in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, you're on Instagram at, at meet the Freemans, meet underscore the Freemans, correct? Yep. And uh, as we talked about earlier, and, and from what I gather, like you're always in the DMs uh, <laughs> answering questions and, and talking to people. And, uh, you know, we, we wish you both the best. I guess by the time this airs, you will have already moved. A little surprise. But um, uh, we'll just say personally, we, we wish you guys the best on the move and, uh, and the journey that you have forward. And, and really appreciate your time. time. Thank you. Um, this, this has been amazing. And, and we definitely look forward to, to keeping in touch and, and staying posted on your journey. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Tanner and Kate, thank you for being a part of this. Mm -hmm. You know, we even need yeah. more people that are open to having these types of conversations and for mm -hmm. all couples to realize we're really all in this together. We don't go through this individually. It's not something that Aaron's feeling. It's not something that just Aaron and Jocelyn are feeling. Like if you're feeling something, it's probably because many couples are also going through that. So you're not alone. You're not isolated. And I appreciate you both bringing forth these conversations so that we can all grow as couples. And I think yeah. as relationships grow, I think society can heal and come even more connected and more together.
100%. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Love that view. And yeah. uh, thank you so much, Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman, the Freemans at Meet the Freemans. <laughs> thank you guys so thank much. You. The argumenthangover.com is where you can get that book. Uh, get it so you can get your copy when it's released uh, early next year. Thanks so much to both thank of you. Thank you Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now, and we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the Contact Us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more Real Talk on The One Relationship.